1: Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome everyone. The Bastards are back for this Monday edition of the podcast. We are part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. The Red Sox wrapped up a three-game opening series with the Yankees dropping the series two games to one. They are tied for the I think the bottom. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't check the bottom of the standings. Third. Third. okay, there's Job coming in clutch. The only undefeated team this weekend, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, swept the Orioles so standings are meaningless uh, for this opening set. Just a quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners, and there might be several of you uh, coming into your first season with us. This is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, Let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine. You can find me on Twitter at Cushman MLB. You can find the podcast account at Bastards Boston. Joining us tonight from the nation's capital by way of Newport, Rhode Island, Job Goddard. Job, how are you?
2: I'm um, doing well. I'm um, wrapping up what I like to call a sports bender here. For the listeners, if my voice sounds a little off, I was at the Nats game on Friday. I drove up to New York for the game. Red Sox-Yankees on Saturday. Drove back Saturday night, and today was at the Bruins-Capitals game. Uh, couldn't be much better, except Boston teams went 0-2 in games that I attended this week, so that was a little tough. Terry, I'm not going to lie, hearing uh, by way of Lewis in Maine, but not you being in Maine, that didn't sound right. I was waiting for you to say you were in Maine. Myrtle Beach sounds good. I might have to head down there for a visit.
1: Myrtle Beach. I'm actually just outside of Myrtle, but I, I just figured I'd go with Myrtle because most people know where that is. Um, and it's actually, I'm saying Wyndham, Maine now because that is where I'm from. Lewiston is the poop hole capital of Maine, and I, I only live there for work. So, um, But glad to be no longer a resident and down in a um, much warmer climate as well. Also joining us tonight from the city of Providence, Rhode Island. I think this is his third season with the Bastards of Boston. Charlie Smith, how are
0: you? I'm good, man. I forget what season it is, man. It's been fun just the same. For those that are wanting to send me love, it's Smith underscore MLB. I learned a lot today. One, it does sound weird. To hear you not say Lewiston, Maine. Job shouldn't be allowed to go watch Boston sports teams live. We always lose. In fact, we lost pretty ugly the game that we went to. It was a playoff game. I think it was game. game, No, I think it was game four, actually. Now that I think about it, it was game four. Uh, Game five was ugly, too. But game four was the the, the one that we went to. Um, it, It sounds different. It's like. You know, seeing Michael Chavis's name with a grand slam not next to the Boston Red Sox, you know, it's it's it just looks weird. It looks dumb. He should still be here, but you know, what do I know? He's just hitting 500. No big deal. Charlie, uh, is, I'm happy we won tonight. I'm happy we won tonight. I was About
1: to say, Charlie's the the resident Chavis guy on I like the crew. Chavis, Man, I I like him personally and and rooted for him, but you know, it just didn't work out. Bobby got hot in that second half, so. So I'll be us tonight's game. He did. He absolutely did. And uh, that was what the sixth inning. So there was like way too long to go after that. There was Stanton at least two more times. And ugh. so we'll uh, we'll get into that. So for the audience, uh, this is our first regular season show. Uh, we are the uh, early week crew. Jason and Andrew will be the midweek crew for uh, when the Detroit series wraps. So we'll have this alignment for the first half, and then we'll play some musical hosts and kind of shuffle things up in the second half to kind of to kind of mix the chemistry up. But this is what you can expect in the um, early part of the week. Uh, coming out on tomorrow's episode will be Hot Take Tuesday. We're going to rotate that out every other week with another format. Uh, Charlie will be the the primary host for that one. And um, so that's about what you can expect, but we are going to have four shows a week. So we hope you enjoy it. Two of them will be roughly 30 minutes, and we're going to try to keep the the series, uh, shows, uh, like the one we're doing tonight under 60, no promises though, but it's, it's always the goal. So, um, so the Red Sox did salvage the series tonight, um, pins and needles the whole time. Kind of, I was thinking we were going to blow it. I mean, we led early in the other two games and, uh, it's nice to, to at least get a win in, in the the opening series. What did you guys think about the, the Diekman move late? Because I did not like that at all. I In the in the war room, we were hoping that Robles might come out for another batter or two. And uh, it ended up being Diekman. Luckily, it worked out. But, whew, that it was... It worked uh, out
0: all right. <laughs> it
1: really worked out.
2: It shows us what we know. No, I, I would have gone with a righty arm as well. But to be completely honest, no one in this bullpen has screwed up to this point, right? And we're, we're three days in. If you check Twitter, especially, you know, with some of the more negative Red Sox fans out there who tend to be followers of this podcast, because we are not homers and we're not going to say they're great, the bullpen has been nails. Uh, Garrett Whitlock gave up a solo shot. In any other instance, you take that, and the rest of the bullpen, I mean, it's not been fun to watch. Right? It's not like watching Koji, but they've been pretty good. So, especially today when, when Tanner Houck gave us uh, the most stressful three innings to start a series that I can remember, the bullpen bailed them out, and uh, that'll probably last about two weeks before everybody's either hurt or exhausted if the starters don't pick it up. But uh, this one's on the offense. We could have won two out of three. The offense was two for 20 in scoring position in the first two, with runners in scoring position in the first two games. Not good enough, simply.
1: Yeah, and the bullpen did not have a good spring. Very few of those guys, uh, maybe with the exception of one or two, actually pitched well. So it was kind of a breath of uh, fresh air to see them perform well against a very murderous lineup that the Yankees are trotting out there. But, Charlie, what what are your thoughts
0: on – how the series wrapped. Um, so uh, how it wrapped much better than how it started because, uh, well, actually it started kind of interesting because the, the main issue that I had with this one was, uh, was, was, uh, oh God, just major concerns with, with players that I would expect to have done something. But uh, when Diekman came out in the ninth, I was like, you know what, what's the worst that could happen? We lose again. We already lost the first two, so I, I wasn't completely against it only because how else are we going to get to see these guys in, in big opportunities? This is an opportunity for, for Diekman, a newly signed guy who signed, a, I think his was a two-year $8 million, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, with an
1: option, I think, team option for a third year.
0: So let's just get his feet wet. You're going to have to face this team 18, 16 times a year. We might as well see what you can do in pressure situations. you got a one-run lead, ninth inning, and you're facing two bangers for New York. And the other guy can also also swat it out. Strikes out Judge, strikes out Stanton, albeit Stanton sucks um, as far as that strike zone. He just was fishing. Good God, that pitch was awful. Uh, Exactly one baseball player would have swung at that pitch, and he did. And the third one is just Joey Gallo, who strikes out about 106% of the time. So it's, um, I-, I was happy. The-, the judge at bat was huge for me. That was absolutely huge. Um, I'm happy with the way it ended, but whew, God, we got some some things we got to tweak.
1: Diekman striking out the side was definitely huge. Stanton murdered us all series, went deep in each of the, the first two games, and I think he was like three for three, four for four, something like that tonight before finally get, striking out against Diekman. So it was good that we ultimately sa- salvaged it. So we'll uh, get into the scores here. Game one, Nathan Avaldi on the mound. Red Sox lose that one six to five. Close game. Game two, Nick Pavetta getting the start. Red Sox drop that one 4-2, to and then tonight get the win in the finale uh, 4-3. to Not a ton of scoring here uh, outside of maybe the six that the Yankees put up in the first game. So where the Red Sox dropped the series, the main segment this week is going to be the weekend shit list. So we promise we won't get any more vulgar than that on the show. But uh Still not, not the series we were hoping for. So, uh, Charlie, go ahead. What's uh, who's number one on the shit list this week?
0: Uh, for me, it's Kike it's Hernandez. Um, after starting off the night, um, after starting off the year with a four pitch walk, uh, he grounded into two double plays, grounded out again, struck out. Following game, not much different is just a, a ground-out machine and strikeout machine. And also, I mean, I think Job's going to talk about it too. I really don't want to see him get mic'd up ever again because he's a magnet when he's mic'd up. He had multiple, multiple balls go his way. But after three games in the series, I want to say he's 0 for 13 with no hits, a couple of walks, that's it. And that's incredibly alarming. I expect that from Jackie Bradley Jr. I expect that from maybe like Arroyo or Vasquez. Vasquez is on the board. He's got a hit. You cannot have your leadoff hitter go over 13 in a series. I'm sorry. You just can't. That is my number one yikes so far. He
1: was definitely a mess and five strikeouts. That's pretty bad out of your leadoff hitter. Of his 13 at-bats, five were strikeouts. Job thoughts on Kike?
2: Well, he simply has to be better. Uh, It's, you know, it's series one. We had a short spring training. Guys don't necessarily have their timing down. A lot of the pitches he struck out on were breaking balls. Very clearly he needs to get his timing down a little bit better. At least he was taking pitches. I like to see that. He wasn't striking out on three pitches. And he wasn't going down looking. He seems to have some command of the zone. He just doesn't have his timing down. I'm not concerned. But if he goes two for 13, we probably win one more game in this series. So he's definitely on the, uh, the shit list for this one. But I wouldn't expect that this problem continues. It's going to just be a recurring theme. We're going to talk about it for the next week or so. Guys still have to get their eye in.
1: He had a great second half last year, but the theme was similar to to what we're seeing now in the first half last year, where he was falling behind on counts quite a bit, always down 0-1, 0-2. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't think we're going to get October Kike by any means. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. But r- real quick though, he's wearing glasses.
0: Do you guys notice that? I didn't notice it until tonight. He is. Someone pointed that out. I forget who it was that. it was I think it was on Twitter someone mentioned it and I had to do a double take like wait a minute. His pants are different too. Huh. Like he's he's they, he's changed up a couple things.
2: They they did ask him about that. Um supposedly the glasses work better than contacts in certain situations. A lot of guys in the big leagues wear contacts. That doesn't concern me. What I do wanna note is the Red Sox score when Kike gets on base. It makes sense to keep him at the top of the order because every time he gets on base, he scores. They bring him home. He just needs to be better. Um, It'll happen with time.
1: And with the glasses thing, I I wonder if it's more of a night game thing, perhaps. I I didn't notice them previously. I think it might
2: be a reflection of of all the lights.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, It it can sometimes give you some serious glare.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's probably not going to factor into anything anyway, but... Job, go ahead. Uh, Number one on your shit list.
2: Well, number one on my list is going to be Alex Cora. I think he made some serious mistakes in how he managed the starting rotation this week. That being said, I thought he did a good job managing the bullpen, but he went to them just a little bit too late. I do think that a lot of people are giving him crap for leaving Whitlock in there in game one. That is the one point that I actually agree with him on that. You let Whitlock ride until he gets into trouble. He's your best pitcher period in the bullpen. And uh, he gave up a solo shot. It's not like he was getting knocked around and all of a sudden the wheels came off and he wasn't ready with a backup option. So I, I agree with that, but he should have taken Pavetta out. I thought one hitter earlier, Judge absolutely rocked that baseball in uh, game two, sixth inning. I'm at the game. I'm watching. You can hear the the bat, and the bat sounds different. The two foul balls the judge hit, and then the line drive to right field that ended up being a double. You should have gone with a right-handed pitcher there. I know they wanted to avoid doing that so that they could get a lefty-lefty matchup with Gallo. So Pavetta was probably done after Stanton anyway. But Stanton kills the Red Sox. I mean, he's not a great player for how much they pay him and how few games he plays. Not anymore anyway. But he kills us every time we play him. Uh, Unless he thinks it's gone and it's a single. Um, It's upsetting that I think if you go to a different guy there, you probably win game two or at least are – are in the driver's seat. You know, you got a game tied at two Severinos out of the game. They burned all their bullpen arms in game one. You're in a higher leverage position. I I thought that might've cost us game one or game two rather.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Pavetta was completely gassed before coming out into that sixth inning. And I mean, his fastball was down to 92, 93 miles an hour. And I felt like he had already gotten away with a few that very easily could have went over the fence. So it didn't make much sense to me to, to bring him out. I I probably would have based on, especially what we saw tonight, perhaps brought out cutter Crawford, tried to go a couple of innings with him and patchwork the rest of the game together. But Pavetta had absolutely nothing left. And I just didn't see the point in, in, Taking him out again. I mean, Cora kind of lost that game. And, Joe, you bring up the Whitlock thing. That wasn't a terrible pitch. It, it was up at the, it was in the middle of the zone, but it was up high. It was like right, it was like middle high. And it was a 96 mile an hour pitch. And LeMahieu just crushed it. So, hey, I mean,
2: he flicked it. Right? It's, it's the thing is about Yankee Stadium. And I know they say this and they talk about the short right field porch. But when you go and you're sitting there, you really are looking at it like I could hit the ball out there. Like, I'm, I'm no Major League Baseball player. But in batting practice, I could hit the ball over that right field fence. It is like playing a Little League field. Uh, both home runs that were given up in game one were home runs in exactly one ballpark. And I'm not going to be that guy who's going to say, oh, well, it's a fake win because they have the short porch. Like, we play at Fenway. We got ladders and corners and all kinds of crap. And I love it. That's what makes baseball unique. We're not a soccer field. We're not a football field. Every stadium is different. That's what makes it fun to an extent. But I also think you got to manage expectations of, of this team in the fan base. No, Cora didn't leave Whitlock in because he's worried about the bullpen in game one. He left Whitlock in because he's the best pitcher on the team. You need your best players against the best players. In a tight game, you leave him in until he's gassed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the big news of today, before the game even got going, Whitlock gets an extension. Well, kind of an extension. His arbitration gets bought up. He's making, uh, he got a million dollar signing bonus this year. He's making a little over three million the second year. Third year, he gets five million. And then the last year of his arbitration, he'll get paid seven. Million dollars that goes through 2026, but then the Red Sox have two option years team options that the Red Sox can pick up for I think seven million in 27 and, and then eight million in the final year. There's buyouts and other confusing details. There's a One
2: million dollar buyout for those option years, yeah. So decline his option, it costs a million dollars. Not that they'll do that. Um, that's a big win for the Red Sox. I'm Huge. not gonna lie, that might be bigger than the game. Because if at any point they want to convert him to a starter and he, and he can do it and he doesn't pull a Daniel Bard on us, he might be one of the best starters in the big leagues for under $10 million. I mean, that is unheard of. And the Red Sox can't develop pitching. So you you can't get cheap young pitching. So it's a big difference between what we usually have to pay and what we're going to pay now. Great move by Heimblum today.
1: And those, if both option years are picked up, that takes him through his age 32 season. So if you want him beyond even that, he shouldn't be in line at age 32 for a massive deal. This is going to be a guy who's going to be probably controllable for as long as the Red Sox want him on the staff. So it's an absolute uh, steal for the Red Sox. There also is uh, some escalators on the option years. I think it's two and a half million per year, and that's based on the number of innings pitched uh, prior uh, to those option years. So, so basically, it looks like they are planning on him being a starting pitcher at some point going forward. So Charlie, what are your thoughts on uh, those developments?
0: So uh, I was really pumped about Garrett Whitlock getting re-signed because that's, that was the most, I, I think that was the biggest bit in this series. If you're a Red Sox fan, because we've had a couple of ugly games, uh, we end up pulling one out. I'll, I'm, I'm happy that we're able to take one away um, because we've, we've led in all these games um, and we've, we've slowly choked them away. Um, the Pavetta thing was interesting because his he was getting gassed. I felt that as soon as he walked judge in the sixth inning, that should have been the trigger to pull him out. Um, he fell in love with two pitches. So if you're sitting slider, fastball, slider, fastball, because that's really all he was throwing, um, at least from what I remember, it, it felt like it was like one, 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 or two of one, two of the other. And it was just like, okay, you just have to sit one or the other. There's only a couple miles difference, a little bit of slide. But Stanton was waiting for slider, and that thing came right across. And as soon as that left the bat, no one had to turn their head. It was gone. And how? what's alarming about that one is we got to do better. I mean, it stinks that we couldn't get enough runs for Nasty Nate. It's really disappointing that we couldn't get a, a little bit more for Pavetta. But the third one was was a little bit alarming too. Um, Tanner Houck has got to go five innings. I mean, I respect that we try to get six out of Pavetta because let's be honest, the Red Sox, the pitching staff, the rotation—if you got four innings, that was considered adequate, and we need to make that get a little bit longer now. So five plus on a consistent basis. That's not going to do it. You need six innings out of your starters on a regular basis. So I understand why they try to get six out of Pavetta. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Um, it was close, but it wasn't there. And Hauk is – it's not there yet. It will be, but it's not there yet. That's – you know, I, I understand Well, what's why... concerning,
2: Charlie, what was really concerning mm-hmm. about Hauk was his pitch mix. I mean, the one thing we it talked wasn't about pretty at all. last season – was he needs that third pitch. Right, and He just didn't trust it tonight.
0: Well, I mean, Pivetta was falling in love with fastball slider. It's two pitches. You're not really trying to trick or fool opposing players if you're throwing one of two pitches. 50% chance of getting it right. So you need to do- I'll take those odds. You take those odds as a hitter. But if you're a pitcher, you should be praying to God... Because you cannot live on those. There were too many situations where it was, it was, uh, what does he throw? He throws, um, how Cause fastball sinker, I think fastball
2: sinker slider change.
0: Yeah. I don't remember seeing the change too much. It was really just,
2: uh, I think we saw two change ups and five sinkers.
0: Yeah. It was, it was was super fastball heavy. It was super fastball heavy. Um,
1: He had, I think, 22 fastballs, and the rest were sliders. The sinker um, was – it looked to me like it was like 50-50, whether it was locating or not or or getting the swings. But um, So he's going to have to develop that or figure out another third pitch. The one thing I will say is some of these guys might have been battling the elements a little bit. The feels-like temperature tonight was 37. So hopefully – Hopefully they'll kind of get it together um, as they, you know, make, make more starts here in the, in the coming days and weeks. But Hauk is, I mean, despite that, he still looks like a guy who's searching for it. And
2: I think he's the guy that you go to for three innings, right? Similar to what Whitlock gave you last season. That's who Tanner Hauk is. At this point, right? Until he gets that third pitch, the feel down and comfortable, that's who he is. And unfortunately, with, with injuries and the confidence in the staff, Houck's going to be your number four. Uh, maybe your number five, however you want to phrase it or, or set it up. And I think when Sale gets back in July, it will be July, like I said in our show three weeks ago, and everyone's like, oh, no, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. He's already healed. No, no, He'll be back in July, middle, middle of July. When Chris Sale gets back, if, big if here, there are four other healthy starters, Hauk is the guy you moved to the bullpen. Hauk and Whitlock will piggyback off Rich Hale and Michael Waka and shorten those games considerably. Until that point, you need him to go three times through the order. He needs to get five innings. And uh, it's going to be a little bit rocky here, I think, until he finds that third pitch.
1: And it, the Yankees could have easily been up by six runs by the time he came out. <laughs> it was just that ugly. And he just had some Houdini acts. And um, there he got charged with a couple more runs that ultimately scored, I think, when Crawford came in or, or the next uh, – I I might have a mixed up, but whoever came in to relieve him ended up giving up, uh, uh, some runs that, that were put on base by Houck. So just, uh, not, not a very encouraging outing. So we'll see Whitlock looked good. He did make pitches
2: when he needed to. I mean, he induced two ground ball, double plays in big moments. He did have a big strikeout, uh, (laughs) with guys on first and second, nobody out.
1: Well, Actually, and, uh, all three of his strikeouts tonight were to Josh Donaldson, <laughs> which is unbelievable. Three walks, three strikeouts. He got him every time, and someone else uh, struck out Donaldson too. Just wasn't his night either, apparently. Um, but yeah, we'll see. The better Whitlock starts to look in in multi inning appearances, the propaganda is going to start raging. Switch. Him and Hauk switch their roles. Put Whitlock in the rotation. Put put Hauk in the pen. I think organizationally, we need Hauk to work out in the in the rotation. But I just don't know You can't force it. After a while, you just can't force it. So it's going to be an interesting month, and uh, you know the schedule is uh, is pretty tough as we've pointed out. So. Here's a, This is a, a Yankees uh, shit list appearance. Garrett Cole, a.k.a. Kermit the Frog. Because if you follow social media, he sounds a lot like Kermit when he's uh, in front of a microphone. What a diva this guy is. He's got the opening day start at Yankee Stadium. There's going to be... There's going to be ceremonies cuz it's it's opening day and and presentations and festivities and he was scheduled to pitch at 108 but because he didn't go out until 112 p.m. 4 minutes later he was in the dugout having a meltdown which you can find on social media probably even YouTube like this guy just needs to get over himself He's not bigger than the game. It's not all about Garrett Cole. And Red Sox tuned him up early. Devers got to him on the first pitch. Hit a uh, It was a 99-mile-an-hour fastball above the zone. It wouldn't have even been a strike. Devers crushes it. And uh, Bogart strung together some hits. I think JD got a hit off a, of a Cole. So the dude's a diva. And I just hope this guy just gets crushed every time by the Red Sox. I, I just hope we get into his head and and take care of business against him because I can't stand him. I'm I'm almost thankful that he didn't end up in Boston. I, I'm convinced I I probably wouldn't be a Garrett Cole guy. Job. He would be David Price. If you were in Boston,
2: you would think of him the way you think of David Price.
1: I almost went there, but uh Price is the just the guy is oof. so
2: mentally soft. He is. If you if you think about so some accurate of the pictures that we've had in even somewhat recent Red Sox history, if you go to Pedro, Schilling, Beckett, the the big guys, the guys who, and I don't want to compare Pedro obviously to to Cole as far as talent, but the guys who are supposed to be your number ones, they have to be able to go into a big game, and be nails. And quiet that crowd. Garrett Cole went in last October. October 5th. He was at that game. And absolutely crapped his pants. Because the Red Sox fans were chanting his name. And his mom's name. And ruining his night. And he let it get to him. And he gave up six runs in two and a third innings. Now this happens. Four minute delay because the microphone didn't work for the national anthem. There are bigger things than you getting on the on the bump on time, Garrett. I'm sorry. What happens when there's a rain delay? I love it. I love it. I think teams are going to notice this. Step out of the box a little extra. Take an extra second when you're getting in, you know, digging in against this guy. Talk a little crap. Get in his head. The fans at the Rogers Center in Toronto, the Rogers Center this weekend was electric. I watched a couple of those games as well. There's no way that Garrett Cole is going to be successful against the AL East. I mean, he'll be successful in Tampa. There's no fans of the Tampa Bay Rays until October. But in Toronto, against the Red Sox, when they have to play Houston or L.A., they are screwed when Garrett Cole's on the bump.
0: So I think he's just – he's such a puss. Like literally, we're talking about four minutes. I mean, you petulant child. This is this is pathetic. Like, I remember when Terry and I went to see the Red Sox and the Yankee. uh, Yankees. Oh it was a Red Sox Yankees September, oh god, was it twenty-sixth? Nate Evaldi against um, I think it was Garrett Cole. It was. I think it was ace against Ace. And we had how many technical malfunctions? We had lights not working, the national anthem kept cutting out, the little kid who said play ball, no one heard him say that. Can you imagine a player in the Boston Red Sox going me, 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 me four minutes? What? Dude, you're getting paid thirty six million a year on the average. And you're supposed to be setting an example for those guys that are getting paid. And you pull that? Holy crap. The fact that you didn't get shellacked in your first inning, the baseball gods must have like a little bit of love for you. I mean, he did.
2: He did get shellacked.
0: Three runs, yeah. Three runs, that's, that's not shellacking. Like, I'm talking about seven, something pretty. Like, you put, you throw up a six on that, on that frame just to, like, send a message. Three runs, no. That was, like, the baseball guy saying, we heard you. But um, Garrett Cole, he, he frustrates me to, to no end. This is somebody who, you know, a couple years ago was regarded as – some regard him as the best pitcher in all of baseball. My oh my how the mighty have fallen. The strikeouts are down. ER is whatever. It's just it's sad. He's he's not at all what we thought he was going to do without Spider Tack. He's just he's not elite. He's very good, but he's not the best pitcher in the game. He's getting paid like he should be the best pitcher in the
2: game. He's getting paid to handle the big moment. Opening day is as big a moment as the Yankees are gonna get this year. They're not making the playoffs. And he couldn't do it. And I love that. I can't believe they're locked in paying this guy for another couple of seasons.
1: Yeah, oh, more he, than he's gonna to
2: come to Boston and get chirped.
1: Yeah. More more people I, are gonna bring their Kermit stuffed dolls. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be other, great.
2: Other, broad, other teams and crews. Grounds crews are gonna be slower. Other teams are going to step out of the box, get in his head. this guy he's just mentally frail he just can't hang and I am here for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I do want to mention one more thing about game three that's not a shitless moment, just because it's in front of me right now is breaking news from Ian Brown, of MLB.com. He's asking right now, Jake Diekman in the clubhouse, do you want to be the closer?" And his response, and I, I'm, I'm sorry for the vulgarity here, is I don't give two shits.
1: It's a good attitude. That's what I want to hear. They,
2: can quote. they asked if they can quote him on that, and he said, I don't care. That is what I want to hear from a guy, right? I don't care what my role is. I want to kick ass, and I want to strike out Yankees. Like If we can get this team to be likable the way the 2021 team was likable, Sign me up. We're going to have a really, really fun year, even when we're losing more games than I would like. The one last thing I want to say that's not necessarily going to go over too well with a lot of people. I saw stuff today on Twitter about all the negative Trevor Story heat. Trevor Story does not deserve to be taking heat right now. I get it. One for 10, tough start to the season. But he doesn't deserve that. He didn't get spring training. I know Char- Charlie's thinking all about this. Go ahead, Charlie.
0: It's been three games. That's Thank like you. people. That's like people chirping about like Corbin Burns getting his like clock cleaned. One game. One game, guys. Pay attention. Last time I training. checked. Last time I checked, y'all, there was 162 games, not just three. So everyone needs to sit back, relax, go have a mai tai, shut the hell up. There's 160 games left. Relax. We have not seen the full, the real Trevor story yet. Just
1: it it might, down. it might take him a little while to get going though. Cause like you said, spring training, he was out of today's lineup with a stomach bug. That's probably a two or three day recovery, regardless of whether he gets in the lineup or not. He, he was one for eight on the series. And I will say this, he was lucky to get that hit. Cause Joey Gallo apparently, you know, misplayed it, dove for it. And, uh, but, you know, it, it was a hit nonetheless. Only struck out twice, drew a walk. So his, at, his plate appearances really aren't terrible. But um, just, yeah, just kind of scuffled a little bit in his uh, opening series. Um, so, all right. Why don't we just kick it over to the uh, Detroit series preview here? This is going to be an interesting series because we don't have uh, – well, Nathan Avoldi will pitch, so he is one of our better starters. But, um, yeah, so let's go through the matchups right now. So on Monday, today, for most of you guys listening to this, 5-10 start uh, Eastern, Michael Walker versus Matt Manning. That's a crapshoot. That's a crapshoot game. Michael Waka didn't look super great in uh, spring training. Not a high strikeout guy. So luckily Comerica Park, not typically uh, a place you have to worry about balls flying over the fence like you were just seeing at Yankee Stadium. But they're playing, uh, they're pitching against uh, Matt Manning. Matt Manning. Who is. He sucks. Hasn't he been sucks. great. And a, and a small sample size <laughs> has not been great. So, I mean, it's just
0: whoever sucks the least, I think, is going to come away with this. We can say he sucks. He's had some crap months, but he totally pieced Chicago the last time he played. Um, I'm curious to see what happens because I was looking him up because I don't remember him being relevant. He only had a couple games of relevance, a lot more games of oops, probably shouldn't have pitched as long as he did. He's gotten tuned a couple of times, but he's had – his last performance in 2021 was not one to just say whatever to. So if he brings that back, we're going to be in for some. Waka, good God. This one's going to be interesting.
2: This is going to be fun. I know you uh, do. I know you do. This team is going to go as far as the offense takes it. That has been what I've been saying the entire offseason. I still believe that now. This is going to be a, a 10 to 8 ball game. Fun to watch. A lot of offense. I don't like a 5-10 start time. But uh, it's the little things, right? At least there's baseball.
1: So Manning's never faced the Red Sox. He was a rookie last year, made his debut in June against the Angels. So um, we had already played Detroit at least once, and if we played them after that, he just didn't get a turn through the rotation. I will say this, though. Last year, one of the themes of the season, especially in the second half, when we scuffled quite a bit, whenever we were facing a pitcher that I thought we were going to tune up, like an Andrew Heaney type guy, we were a complete no-show. So that can't happen here. And Detroit, arguably, is one of the easier teams that we're going to face they're one and two, just like us. They had a tough series against Chicago. That's a team with tons of firepower, uh, similar to the Yankees uh, and, and Blue Jays, kind of a murderer's row most of the way through that lineup. So um, so that's who they faced. And if, if we get out to an early lead, we need to keep the pedal to the metal and just continue to string those hits and runs uh, throughout this series. But... Uh, game two, Rich Hill versus Tyler Alexander. Uh, admittedly, I'm not that familiar with uh, Alexander. So we're we're obviously hoping for a good uh, outing from Hill, who did look good in spring training. But Joe, what are your thoughts on that matchup?
2: Well, I actually think this is the hardest matchup of the series for, for Boston. Alexander's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to read some of his numbers right now that I have in front of me. He only pitched 106 innings in 2021, but he had a 3-8 ERA and his whip, very impressive, 1-2. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He's around the strike zone. He throws gas. I just don't know necessarily that anybody scares me if the offense can get going. I'm going to start getting concerned in about two weeks if the offense hasn't gotten going. But uh, it it would be nice to take two out of three, and I, I worry about this game in particular out of the three games. I wish we were seeing Eddie Rodriguez, though.
0: We are we are seeing yeah we are in that, game three.
1: That's the he's, toughest he's matchup. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's actually going to be the the I think for for memory's point, I, I think that that's going to be that's going to be hard to see him play for the very first time in a not Orioles or Red Sox uniform. Cause this is a guy who we got originally. I think, I think Erod came over in the, um, Oh God, that reliever, the lefty Andrew, Andrew Miller, uh, Andrew Miller. Thank you. Yeah. him. that was that deal. This is going to be interesting to say the least. Erod did not have a very good first game. Um, just didn't, didn't really have it. He played against Chicago, which is the team that all of us picked to win except for i think terry which was detroit (laughs) if i'm not mistaken that's what i said um so that's that's gonna be interesting i still think we'll have the edge in this game i'd I'd like to believe that we're gonna take two out of three um i don't feel very good about game two i don't feel great about game one but it could go either way game three i actually am very confident that the red sox will win worst case scenario where our best case scenario were 3 and 3. Worst case scenario were 2 and 4 after the second series.
1: I didn't like Erod's earrings. They were really dangly this last time. I uh I meant to get everyone's take on social media about that, but yeah, he lasted 4 innings and in that start gave up 3 runs, uh, walked 2, struck out 2. We certainly seen worse than that when he was with us, so Probably not his uh, worst outing, but um, he's a guy, if he's not on, he can get the pitch count up real fast and, and be around 80 pitches in the, in the fourth inning or so. So uh, hopefully we'll grind out some at bats and stuff with, uh, with Erod uh, in game three. I, I hope to see one thing. We're probably not going to see it, but I will laugh so hard If he has a decent outing and then somewhere in there, he has a one, two, three inning looks at Alex Cora and points at his wrist. So it's my time. Uh, You know what I would love to see? And this
2: is selfish and a wrong way to win. I hope it's a close game and his star shortstop that he wanted, he wanted defense behind him. And that's why he went to Detroit for less money than he would have got elsewhere. I hope somebody on his team costs him the game with an error. <laughs> I hope there's a two-run error and the Red Sox win by two and Cora points at his watch. Like, give, feed me all of that narrative. I, I love it. Or Xander, you know? Xander's been chirped all season for his defense the last couple of years. It's almost like people want to remind themselves that Xander's not a shortstop so they don't have to pay him like a shortstop. He's still a good player. He makes the good plays. And Eddie wanted to go play for a different shortstop. There's going to be some some issues there. I bet you Xander takes some deep.
0: Charlie, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I actually hope that neither Alex Corr or Eddie Rod, uh, R- Rodriguez do that little watch BS. Because as fun as, and as cute as it was the first time, it would not be so this time around. I think we need to let bygones be bygones, let the boys play, the coaches coach, I don't want to see either one get tuned. I actually do hope that Erod has a really good game. I hope that Nate Evaldi has a better one. I hope that they both go six plus. I hope Erod does what he was you know, expecting to do this year. And I hope Nasty Nate does what we expect him to do every game. So I expect it to actually be the closest game. Two-run ball game would be a blessing. Um, But I think it's going to be, you know, I really do think it's going to be a Red Sox win by one or two runs. That's it.
1: It was a low-scoring series for sure. I'm gonna say two out of three for the Red Sox. I feel like that's the safe answer. If they're gonna get a sweep, we're gonna to have to, in my opinion, get a good game from Michael Walker. I'm less worried than than Joe is, perhaps, in Game Two. Uh, you know, Tyler Anderson's been around a while. You know, five or six years. He's got a mid. I don't know a 460 something ERA kind of Martin Perez type numbers I'm I'm not saying he's got that type of stuff but but he he's certainly been knocked around throughout his career and if uh if Hill's got something in the tank uh you know that that should be a winnable game and I hope so bad. I want to see I want Rich Hill to be like the darling of MLB this year and and to be a great story at at 42. So We'll see. Uh,
2: Terry, there's hope for you yet. He's 42. You can still get out there and pitch. Somebody will give him a deal. Maybe the Savannah Bananas up there in Georgia. Take a (laughs) short trip over there and play for them. But uh, I I think they're going to sweep this series. I really do. Uh, The bats are going to wake up. Trevor Story is going to get his first extra base hit in this series. That wins us a game. There's going to be some magic on this team. It's going to start pretty soon here. I, I just feel really good about the offense against, against uh, Detroit. I really think Detroit is an overrated pitching staff. They don't have a lot of relievers. Their numbers are saved by Comerica and uh, I'm excited to watch this series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Well, it's uh two of the three games and it's the latter two games. Two and three will be one 10 Eastern games. So, um I think I'm about to start work here pretty quick so I don't know if I'll be able to see those I'll be able to see tomorrow's but that that is a 5:10 start anyway but all right well I guess we will wrap on that uh, join us tomorrow for Hot Take Tuesday uh which were hot takes submitted by our followers on social media so we're going to react to what they have to say so stay tuned for that and then We'll be back on, uh, for the audience, we'll be back on Thursday to talk about what did happen in this Detroit series. Everyone have a good start to your week. Take care.